Welcome to Literacy Mike, where we have conversations about learning. I'm your host for the day, Ethan Myers. Literacy Mike is a podcast produced by Washington Literacy. The views of the guests are their own. Believing that literacy is the foundation for a sustainable community, Washtenaw Literacy provides literacy support, free of charge, to adults through a network of trained tutors. In today's episode, Program Coordinator David Christensen talks to longtime donor, former board member, and namesake of Nicola's Books, Nicola Rooney. She talks about getting involved with the board, how Nicola's Books supported Washtenaw Literacy's mission over the years, and how Washtenaw Literacy has changed over time. Let's tune in. Can you tell me, how did you first hear about Washtenaw Lit? Well, um, when I came to Ann Arbor in 95, um, because I had bought the Little Professor bookstore in Westgate, they already had um, a relationship with Washtenaw Literacy, and they used to run the tutor information, you know, the very first information sessions used to be done as meetings in the store. Um, And so that was how I discovered what Washtenaw Literacy was. Um, And then, I I mean, I had absolutely no background in the book business whatsoever. Um, But it seemed to me that it was pretty clear that there was a link between being a bookstore and helping people become literate. And so I continued the association. So that was my very first introduction to it. and then I got to know some of the people who were, who were organizing it, and it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, so was there anything in particular about either the people that you met or the agency's mission that made you want to kind of maintain that r- relationship? Well, it, it just seemed to me so obvious to me, to anyone who's a, a real book lover. I mean, I've been a reader ever since I was, I, I think I learned to read when I was about four. And so we've always had books in our house and in my life. And it just seemed to me a shame that anybody couldn't enjoy books. And then you start thinking, well, I mean, that that isn't the main issue with with not being literate. And I had known someone, um, the man who used to run our stores in the engineering department um, at college. He was functionally literate. And yet um, he was an excellent plumber. He installed the central heating in our house. Um, So, you know, he he was, if you met him, you would never know, but he'd grown up during the war. So he'd never had a proper schooling and he just kind of, you know, skipped being able to read. Um, And it's a real struggle, um, which people who can read and who learn in the usual way have absolutely no idea Mm -hmm. what it's like not being able to, to, fully understand things that are, that are printed for you. And so I slowly began to appreciate how important it is to anybody's life, let alone their earning a living, I mean, but their enjoyment, everything is being able to read and take advantage of all the various things that you need that are offered to you in print. And in those days, I mean, they really weren't offered any other way. So if you couldn't read, that wasn't... It wasn't a question you could go and watch a video on YouTube because YouTube didn't exist. Um, so there, there was no other option if you if you could get somebody else to tell you, um, but that would be it. So it was just realizing how important it is in, in people's lives and that Washington Literacy seemed to me, the more I found about it, the fact that it was concentrating on adult literacy stood it, make it stands out because there were plenty of people 
who were trying to teach children to read, um, which you would have imagined and hoped they were going to be learning in school. But by the time you've left school, um, who, who's going to help you? And Washington Literacy was seemed to me to be filling a complete void um, in the help spectrum. And, and that seemed to be something that was definitely worth supporting. And with being a bookstore, it seemed like a logical connection for everybody. Um, do you remember what the process of becoming a board member was like? Not really. Um, I do have a very poor memory, but I went to a board meeting, I think, as a sort of observer and then met some of the other people who were on the board at that time. I, I mean, I did feel a bit intimidated because as a newcomer to the area um, and as a foreigner, I mean, these people all had deep connections to the community. Mm-hmm which I didn't have. And also, I mean, I don't live in Washington County. I live in Livingston County. Um, so that was, again, another reason that I felt like a, a bit of an intruder. Mm-hmm. But everybody was very welcoming. To begin with, I think I was pretty quiet, um, just observing how things went until I got to know what were some of the other things that maybe we could do at the bookstore. Yeah. And so what were some of the things that you did at the like bookstore? Um, one of the things that we did, um, other than holding the meetings, we continued to hold the information sessions regularly. Um, I mean, we would talk about it to people. There would be, I think we had signs up in the store explaining what Washington Literacy was. Um, and then later on, we had a, um, what is quite common, we had a, a loyalty, pro- a customer loyalty program where after you bought 12 books, you got a $5 rebate. And we decided that what you could do was if you didn't want the the rebate yourself, then you could donate it to Washington Literacy and then the bookstore would match it. So it would become $10. So that was another little ongoing fundraiser, which we did the whole time. And then at the end of every year, um, the computer would keep track of how many people had donated their their coupons to Washington Literacy. Um, We also we offered discounts to members of Washington Literacy and um, to tutors, um, and we tried. We had some. We didn't really ever stock any of the books that they needed because those were pretty specialised, and they could get those usually from the library at uh, Washington Literacy. And when it moved into the new centre, then uh, it had quite a lot of, of resources available for people there. So we didn't ever supply those books to Washington Literacy, but we f- concentrated more on making the community aware that it existed and uh, showing our support with the modest financial support the whole time. Excellent. Um, So you said you were on the board for 10 years. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, (laughs) How did you, you know, how did you see, you know, both, I guess, the board and then also the, like, agency as a whole, how did you see those change over that time period? Uh, Very significantly, really. I think it started out... um, and, and forgive me if I'm not being fair to it, but it started out as a collection of very well-intentioned um, people who most of whom didn't have much knowledge of how to approach literacy. Um, they were doing what they could um, in a small way. And I remember that one of the biggest challenges in the early days was actually identifying learners because learners tend to be a little bit shy of coming forward and admitting that they need help. Um, and people would be willing to become tutors, but there was always this feel that we weren't reaching out to, to discover the learners properly. 
And I think that's something that they've got. They've learned how to, to do that and doing things like taking the program into the prisons where there's a, an audience who's very likely to need help. And I think also that the people who actually are employed by Washington Literacy have become far more professionally trained and knowledgeable from those sort of early beginnings of just being people who wanted to do the right thing. They went off and got themselves training. They got the board members training um, in how to do these things and have they've become much more, I think, just professional in how you approach literacy and how you make it work for people. And then again, also, it's expanded a lot because there was no ESL at the beginning either. But I do remember the board having discussions about the, the fact that it was so much easier to find people who wanted to take up the ESL part and always the determination that no, the basic m- mission of Washington Literacy was adult literacy and that ESL was an add-on, but it could easily swamp the original premise and it was absolutely determined that it wouldn't. Um, and there, but there was always the, the feeling that if, if you, you had to keep pushing to keep the adult literacy part going, because in many ways that was more important. Because some of the people in ESL were very highly educated in their own language. Um, it's just they maybe hadn't, hadn't had this kind of, you know, hadn't had a, a Roman alphabet. Um, but I mean, they might even be, you know, they might be a Vietnamese PhD or a doctor or something. And so their needs were totally different, totally different. And it was, it was very important to keep the, the mission for the adult literacy um, alive and in the forefront all the time. And, never, and I think they succeeded very much in keeping that as, as the key focus. And then ESL, yes, that is also a need, but it's a different kind of need. Yeah, no, they are definitely different. I think there's sometimes, we just had a workshop um, about this at our uh, tutor tune-up that f- for tutors, like functionally working with an ESL learner or a like basic literacy learner is maybe less different then they think it is going into that like experience, but they are definitely different populations with different needs yes, for sure. Completely different populations. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's right. Interested in how you can get involved with Washtenaw Literacy? Come and learn about volunteer options at an ABCs of Washtenaw Literacy information session. Sessions are frequently offered, so find one that best fits your schedule at washlit.link forward slash ABCs. That's W-A-S-H-L-I-T dot L-I-N-K forward slash A-B-C-S. Thank you for listening to Literacy Mike. In part two of their conversation, Nicola talks about how Washtenaw literacy has matured, as well as how their relationships with their learners and the community have changed over time. Let's rejoin them now. So since you moved off the board, um, how have you, you know, kept up with what's been going on or people in the organization? I mean, while I was still at the bookstore, obviously I would still see people coming there um, and I would still be doing the, the fundraising as far as, as they could. I mean, once I'd retired, uh, which I did in 2014, and I sold the bookstore 
So I haven't been keeping up very well with things at all, other than I, I get emails, informational emails occasionally about what's happening and, and continuing to think, you know, wow, this organization has really expanded and matured and become much more all-encompassing and with realizing, you know, that you need to cheat teach parents to teach children and you've got all different kinds of, of people coming in and different types of literacy, different situations in life. So I think they've, if you could sort of chart their, their usefulness to their clients, I think that's gone up a lot over the time that I've known them, that they, they really do give people a whole work box full of tools for life. Whereas before, maybe it was just, you know, a hammer and a wrench and a screwdriver and now you've got an entire toolbox with all sorts of things in it not just the, the basics so I, I think it's it's remarkable and they've still kept it being an organization which is very frugal with their money I mean that's the other amazing thing about Washington Literacy is how they make the money that they do raise how they lever it and make it work and that their budget is still remarkably slender, given the amount of work that they accomplish. Um, and that, I think, is, is, a, is a great feather in their cap for how they've maintained and, and all that, you know, because they haven't got anybody who's being, you know, sitting there taking in a nice income and doing not very much, as happens in many nonprofits, um, sadly. But they're very much a working, a working nonprofit. Partly because they're, they're very good at, at uh, getting the community to support them and explaining to the community, you know, why it's a worthwhile task. And obviously they're successful at that because people do support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really love the picture of beginning with a wrench and yeah. a screwdriver and kind of expanding to a whole toolbox. That's great. So from your experience, what do you think or how to phrase this question exactly how do you think Washtenaw literacy was able to, you know, grow in that manner over time? You know, so like how did the agency build that trust with the community? Um, I think they, they put a lot of hard work into looking at other successful literacy organizations to see what else they could do. And never, never losing sight of the fact that adult literacy was their mission that you could easily get sidetracked into doing other things, which might be kind of easier to, to sell and market to the, to the general, to the community, but that reminding people, one, that there really was a need for them because many people wouldn't have any idea how many people there are in Washington County who, who were essentially illiterate. People who are, it, it doesn't cross your mind if, if you learn to read in the normal manner. It doesn't strike you as being a skill that other people don't have. You just imagine any grown-up can, and you can't you can't identify them because they're very very good at hiding it. Um, extremely skillful at maneuvering and finding ways around admitting because they don't want to admit it. I think they put a lot of work into both the the, the theory and the practice of how you go about attacking your community and and eliminating illiteracy because it's it's a, it's an invisible disadvantage that people have and you have to be very careful about how you go about getting people to, to admit and 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 be happy and comfortable with doing something about it but i think also the fact that they they were successful 
are, are getting people to be able to do more things than they could do before. So, I mean, once the learners see that, okay, it's almost certainly extremely hard work and, and exhausting mentally, but that it really did have payoff. And then they can they can then see that maybe they know other people who are in the same situation and they can then become the spokespeople to say, hey, you know, these guys really do look after you and it's really worth it. So, you know, jump in. Something I think a lot about are the relationships that are formed or being maintained all the time with this kind of work and how important those are both, you know, for like the tutor to learner relationship and Mm -hmm. like the relationship with the organization to the community, again, how like connected everyone is and how sort of like diffuse it all can, can seem and how you can have no idea that people are out here doing this work, but then at the same time, you know, we're really trying to get our name out there. So in trying to carry, you know, these real connections from our tutoring to all the way up to our, you know, connections with our like um, donors and then be- and then between the, those folks and the community. Um, so to you, how important do you think are relationships and relationship building to the success of Washtenaw literacy? Well, very much so, because, um, again, certainly, I mean, the tutor-learner relationship, obviously, I mean, people became great friends, and they, I mean, people worked together for many years to, and possibly didn't even give up their, their connection to each other, even after the learner was really quite proficient. So that one is, is very easy to see, but certainly, um, yes, finding donors um, and going after, that is, is difficult, and you need to learn how to do that. And trying to use your connections, you know, from one to, to another. So you're, you you have to try to think of, you know, well, if if who do I know who's well connected, who can then become another seed point for launching out into more connections. Um, and yes, that that's absolutely essential because in the normal course of things, I mean, some donors will go on for for many years, be still being donors, and some donors will come and go. So you always have to keep looking for more donors and trying to get more people to realize that it's a good thing to be seen to be doing, for goodness sake. So there is something, there is a payback to the donor um, that they can get publicity from it um, and be known as a a community supporter. So you then have to think, well, who are these people and how can we persuade them the the very first time to to get interested because once they discover what's happening within Washington Literacy, um, I think it was a pretty easy sell to say, you know, this is your money going to a really good cause. It was just getting the people to come and learn the basics. So, you know, the fundraising luncheon, that was a good one, or the breakfast meetings where it was, you know, only, you know, give me half, three quarters of an hour of your time and I'll tell you what happens in Washington Literacy and, and then you can go away and think about, you know, is this something you'd like to support? And so because we didn't do those sorts of things at the beginning of my time there, they, those came in while I was there. So I think that the whole professionalism of the fundraising and the ingenuity of the fundraising got much improved. And yes, that's still essential because for the organization to, to be able to cater to more people, it needs more money. It's perfectly simple. And obviously the, the, the goal of the organization is to reach as many people as, as, as possible. Mm-hmm, certainly. And then, and then also persuading other people to become tutors too. Um, mm-hmm. And then realizing that um, 
you know, it's it's a lot of training investment in a person to become a tutor. And so you want to be sure that the people that you're spending all the time training to be tutors are actually going to do the work. Mm-hmm. No, certainly. So you supported Washtenaw Literacy with your time, with your business, and with your own money. What inspired yeah. you to be so generous? Again, I mean, it seemed like the right thing to do because I I really could not imagine how difficult your life is if you can't cope in a modern modern day world with not being able to understand things. And they're kind of, of, I mean, the stress that it puts on you, I'm sure. Never mind that the opportunities that you miss and the mistakes that you make or basically going back to the fact that you're not able to comprehend enough of what you need to. I mean, okay, you know, Saving wild birds or, or so, and I mean, that's that's all very well too. But I mean, I think saving people is probably the highest part of, of <laughs> saving things that the mm-hmm. you Just in, the improvement that it makes for somebody's life. It's, it's just unbelievable. So we are kind of, cl- we're approaching the close of our conversation. And so for a ultimate or penultimate question, um, I wanted to ask you, so 2021 is Washtenaw Literacy's 50th anniversary, Yep. yep. Um, which in nonprofit years is very long, is my very understanding. Long. Yep. And I was wondering if you could picture us at 100 years, what do you see? What comes to mind? Well, I, st- I still see that there is likely to be a population who needs assistance with sort of in- interpretation technology, if, if I can call it that. I suspect just actual genuine reading will be a lot less important because I'm sure your computer will be able to talk to you and you won't be have to, re- to, to be able to read things on a screen. And I'm sure you'll be able to talk back to it. Um, so you don't have to be able to spell or type necessarily. I mean, that's not, I mean, I'm sure that's technology that already exists. So I can see it more being a question of helping people use the technology, the the communication technology that exists at that time, because I'm sure there will still be people who don't have the wherewithal to be up with all the, or whatever technology there is at that time. So, I mean, I don't see that the need will go away in terms of it being to improve somebody's ability to communicate with the world. But I suspect it'll be far less, far more to do with technology and how to how to use the technology that's there rather than necessarily being able to interpret marks on a page to, to meaningful ideas. Great. Thank you. Yeah, no. the future are usually, are usually totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's nice to think, it, it's good to think about, good to speculate. I think you're right that like, there will still be people who need the help understanding the world and communicating back with it, I think. Mm-hmm. But then what that looks like um, exactly will likely change. And yeah, I, I mean, I think... But I mean, it, it'll, it'll change gently. So, I mean, mm-hmm. the organization will be able to keep up with it. It won't suddenly <laughs> be night that, you know, all the ways of communicating between people and organizations has changed. Um, so I'm sure emotional literacy will evolve as... The external world changes. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Um, so as we are kind of approaching the end of our conversation, I just kind of wanted to uh, pass you the like metaphorical microphone. 
because mm-hmm. we both have our own microphones. But I wanted to pass you the mic if there was anything else that you would like to say or like to share about your thoughts about the agency, your time with it, or in general. One of the things that was perhaps a pity, but very difficult to see how it could be done, is how could other parts of, of Michigan set up programs that were as successful as Washington Literacy? And how could Washington Literacy become a model for other counties? Because I don't think any of the other counties that I knew of at the time were anywhere near as sophisticated as Washington Literacy was in terms of attacking the problem. And I mean, there must be other counties in Southeast Michigan who have a population who could be helped. But they're just, I mean, there wouldn't be the time for Washington Literacy to go out and become essentially tutor to the other literacy organizations. So maybe this kind of thing can also be aimed at them to say, you know, you, you too can follow this path and have some pointers as to what kind of trainings and what kind of realizations have come to Washington Literacy to help other areas become as successful as, as Washington Literacy has. As Nicola notes, it really is worth it. That wraps up today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Nicola's perspective on Washtenaw literacy and its impact on the literacy landscape. If you'd like to check out Nicola's books, you can find their website at nicolasbooks.com. And as always, if you'd like to help Washtenaw Literacy's mission of providing free literacy support to adults, be sure to check out our website at washtenawliteracy.org for ways that you can get involved. Until next time, this has been the Literacy Mike Podcast.